A lot of people don't understand that. But if you look at his analytics on him, there's four players in the history of the NBA. Larry Bird, mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki, Kawhi Leonard, and KD, uh, small forwards I'm talking about, right. has been a 90-50-40 uh, player right. in the history of the NBA. There's only four. And nobody talks about Tobias. Right. Right. And when I bring it up to them, Oh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> so my question has always been, nobody can give me an answer. Why is he not utilized in their – why is he not a priority in their offense? Uh, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Oh, you got to ride for your kids, man. Yeah, you do. You also you don't have to lie, but you, you can ride. <laughs> this is a joke, quite frankly. I mean, that, that man literally tried to put Tobias Harris and Larry Bird in the same sentence. L- well, literally. He said, the, he said the name. Yeah, yeah, he put him in the same conversation. Last night, I don't know if Larry Bird ever did this, but last night, Tobias Harris, 30 minutes, 5 of 19 shooting, 2 of 7 from 3, 0 assists, 0 blocks, 0 steals, a minus 20. He he's always been overpaid. That was like a PJ Tucker type situation. Yeah. But now he's bad. I mean, they got to stop playing him as many minutes as they do. And Hugh, I need to start something. You know that you go into like a a place of business and they have that sign up like it's been so many days since the last accident. Yeah. But it's like a it, it reminds you of the the time right. They're counting up. I want to count down. A little countdown here. Okay. To 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 crumble cookie being out of here. Yeah. He has 123 days left in his contract, and I'm counting every single day down till it's over. I think it's safe to say he probably won't be here. But I, I will say this: I, if I'm not mistaken, his 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 demise started after he came back from injury, and then he was sick. And then it's kind of been just a, a steady spiral. Yeah, he makes $40 million. Yeah, he might not be right. Yeah. I mean, and I, if he's ill, that's one thing. But he's just not a good player. I mean, the Sixers last night, they lose 117-99 in Boston. They were big underdogs. They cut it to two with like, in, late in the second, fourth quarter, like eight minutes ago, they cut it to two. And I was like, maybe, and then it uh, didn't work out. So Sixers lose again last night. It's going to be tough sledding until Joel gets back, if he gets back or whenever that is. Here's the latest from Woj on Joel Embiid's timeline. Probably about a week away from him getting uh, from getting an update on a timeline with right. him. But I think there's still optimism in Philly uh, that, that we will see Joel Embiid again this season. A week away from an update on a timeline sounds like the most Sixers injury thing ever. He did expound a little he bit uh, and say late March. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's about in line with what we're he's still He's still in the realm of coming back before the play. I mean, he's still, oh, yeah. he's still in a sweet spot. So I guess you just have to see how the rehab is going, you know, and how he's responding to, to whatever procedure they did on him. Yeah, and the more that he misses, the more likely it is that he's coming back for a play-in. They're going to be in the play-in. Yeah. Right now, the Sixers are the sixth seed after losing last night, and they're a half game up on the eighth seed. I think it's very realistic that they're going to be in a seven or eight spot when Joel Embiid comes back. Hopefully he can because uh, they really, really struggle with Adam, especially with Tobias playing like this. All right, 215-592-9494. Back to the phones here on all things off of the press conference yesterday. Do you want the Eagles to go all in on free agency? I do. I mean, how he referenced yesterday the idea that, hey, they've got extra money to spend. They're going to bring in good people. But he also mentioned those young players. Hugh wants to play the young guys. Let and the I young say, kids play, man. No, no. They could play small roles, m- limited snaps. Go get me some established big-time players on the defensive side. And then Hassan Reddick, do you expect me back? Your gut feeling here. Yesterday, they didn't sound too optimistic. Let's Not go to Ken in Cinnamon. Hey, Ken. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today? I had what's to up, check. Ken? Hey, Ken. What's up? Afternoon or 
I like that crumble cookie. You, I, I, I like that. That's a, I hadn't, hadn't heard that before. It's a good nickname. Oh, no, oh my god, it's awful. He gave himself the nickname Crumble Cookie. What did he well, say? Because he, he said casual Sixers tra- fans would trade, trade him for a Crumble Cookie. You yeah. did. I mean, that's what he said. But you're the one that gave him the nickname. Yeah. Crumble. No, because it's. It, I think it's funny that he he compared himself to a Crumble Cookie. No, I'm the only one. No, Everybody I think it's funny. I think it's funny <laughs> Everybody too. Everybody looking at me like, you know what I mean? I think it's funny too, Hugh. <laughs> well, I was going to make a joke about crumble cookies being, you know, overpriced, but I'll, I'll let that be. Go yeah, ahead, they, Ken. They're already struggling as it is. They have their own. So I, I want to answer the questions that, that people keep asking about why Nick Sirianni's still here. It's really pretty simple. Nick Sirianni's still here because Nick Sirianni wins football games. So he he has the best record of any head coach in the history of the franchise over his first three years as the head coach of the team. And here's what you don't get to do. You don't get to say Nick Sirianni had nothing to do with any of these wins and is solely responsible for all of these losses. You don't get to do that. The guy's record is his record, which means the wins are his and the losses are his, and he's the most successful head coach in, in, his, in his first three years as the head coach of the franchise. That's why he's back. Now, when Nick Sirianni is inevitably gone, and he's going to be inevitably gone because head coaches get hired to get fired in the NFL, so it could be 10 years from now, as, as long as Jeffrey Lurie's still running the team, uh, I think what we need to do is they need to put each head coaching candidate through a mock press conference. And whoever does the best press conference is who they should hire. Because we get so wrapped up about press conferences in this city that, that that's obviously more important than whether or not you put winning teams on a field every year. And all the guy does is win football games. That's why he's still here. I hope that clears it up. Well, I think that partially explains it. But don't you think, Ken, the Eagles win football games, not Nick Sirianni? He's a part of it, right? He, and I, I, would, I would say a large part. He's the head coach. He sets the agenda. But he's not the only reason they're winning. That He's had a lot of good players here since he got here. Well, of course, it's, a, it's an organization. There's a reason why, and I'm going to bring this up again just because he was on the air, there's a reason why you look at, by, by franchise, the last quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards in a New York Jets uniform was Joe Namath. There's a reason why the Jets are the Jets and the Eagles are the Eagles, and, and it's an organizational thing. But part of that is Jeffrey Lurie has proven himself since day one to be really astute at identifying head coaching candidates who become successful head coaches that really weren't on anybody else's radar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and when when Nick Sirianni had his introductory press conference, which was, if my recollection serves me correctly, which was over like Zoom or something like it that. It was, it was, yep. Everybody, every, so he, he sounded like a, a babbling idiot. And, and so everybody's first response to that was, oh, this guy's a disaster. And, of course, well, you know, he's, he's not a disaster. So can I, can, can I ask we, you a question? We don't know. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, I think you're, you're really trying to diminish the, the press conference part of it. Uh, do you feel comfortable with the explanation that was given us for the demise of the team at the end of this year? Do you feel comfortable with the explanation that has been given us so far? So, so here's the way I'll answer that so, question, so Sue, or you. Um, it's it's about what your expectations are going into it. Okay, so, Ken, but I, I, didn't, I, 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 didn't, I didn't ask that, Ken. I asked you, were you comfortable with the explanation given to us by the head coach at the end of how the, I don't how have, the season ended? I don't have any expectation that they're going to pull back the curtain for me in a press conference. So I got what I expected. Mm. Um, 
you know, as long my my comfort so, level is going to come from if I'm comfortable. Let me finish. My comfort level is going to come from whether or not I feel comfortable that they internally have identified what happened at the end of the season last year. So you're comfortable and, and, with the way that he handled the press conference yesterday by by talking about stuff, that, and he really didn't he didn't he didn't solidify anything for you. So you were comfortable with that. Last time I checked, there's never been a game won or lost in a press conference. No, but what, so I'm, really, what, I, what I'm trying point. to – so Well, I'm I think trying, he's comfortable because he does, it doesn't matter what he says to Ken. No, I don't but, but, but yeah. Ken, my, my, my question is this. My, my question to you is this. There is still – like, to your point, yeah, they didn't answer all the questions that we needed to know, but there's still something fundamentally wrong with this locker room. And he's the guy that sets the culture. Like, I know he's won a lot of games, but you can't deny the fact that the head coaches that he, the, the coaches that he had last year, the coordinators that he had last year, there was a disconnect somewhere where there was allowed it was allowed to go out there. That defense was allowed to go out there and play the way that they did every weekend, and there was no accountability from the guy that sets the culture, like the guy that sure. has told us in in press conferences that he sets the culture. You you're okay with that just because he wins football games, but he can't when 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 stuff hits the fan. He can't get it back, pull it back together. So you're comfortable with well, that? If they don't have a good, if they don't have enough good players on defense, then you know you can hold people accountable all day long. It's not like you can just go find 22 more guys to put out there and play defense Ken, next week because these Ken. 22 stink. Well, that's I, I, true. Ken, I, I, I will see because I think this is the thing that we're, we're we're stuck on. I'll give you all day that this defense wasn't talented. Not I'll enough. give you that not all enough. day. Yeah, that wasn't talented. But. The game plan was not implemented not one time in the six-game stretch they had. They looked lost out there. Whose fault is that? And he's the guy that oh, sets the, the culture. The, the, last six, the last six games in particular, I, have, I, I agree with you 100%. They didn't look like they even knew which direction. Like, and that's the, thing, that's the thing, Ken. Like, and, I, and I like Coach Sirianni too, but, man, when I see the same thing happening week in and week out, Somebody needs to be held yeah. accountable. Well, for they that. held the coordinators accountable. Ken, we appreciate that. I mean, that's that's it, right? It wasn't Sirianni that held held, held accountable. It was the coordinators. It yeah, was Patricia and, and, Desai, and and obviously the other side. It was and you can't and to his Brian point, Johnson. you can't. Ken, you you you're right. You can't take away what Coach Sirianni brought to the table when he got here. But I can't question what what the hell were you doing when all this was happening week in and week out. If I'm a- answering the question of why he's still here, I think the Eagles are choosing to view the end of the season as an aberration. Now, maybe they're wrong. I mean, this mm-hmm. this could continue into next year, but I think I think they're looking at it the way Ken is, which is overall, he's 34-17. and 17. He has led a team to a Super Bowl. Like, that's big picture. I get Ken's perspective. I think a lot of national people probably have that perspective. A lot of us, other than Ken, feel like no this is this got went bad and we're afraid it's going to stay bad i'll just point this out about his winning percentage though that can't keep his job forever let me ask you guys this if the eagles go eight and nine next season do you think sirianni is the coach in 2025 i don't think so kyle if the eagles go eight and nine next year is sirianni the head coach a year from barring now? like major injury to the top play, you know like the quarterback something like that like Hurst everybody's plays, healthy Hurst plays at least 16 eight and nine yeah. i would I would have to guess that he's out. Okay. He would then still have the highest winning percentage in Eagles history if you add eight and nine on his record next year. Like, that doesn't mean you stay forever. Like, the Eagles have had a lot of coaches that have stayed a long time, and their their record eventually kind of went back to the middle. I'm just saying a 14-3 and three year in three or four years is going to boost your winning percentage so high that you're going to have a high winning percentage. No yeah. matter what, unless the Eagles go 3-14 and 14 next year, which they're not going to do, 
Sirianni, by the end of next season, is going to have a high winning percentage as an Eagles coach. That doesn't mean he gets to stay. Yeah, if they have a tough totally, year next year, I, I totally agree with that. And and it's not. I, I think that if this offense gets going in the right direction, like let's be honest, there are going to be questions on who was the, who was the orchestrator. Kellen Moore. Like, like seriously. Well, because there'll be two – like, when Sirianni was more in charge, it wasn't good. When Steichen was or Moore was, it was And good. that's going to be a question that, that's going to be asked. And, again, I, I, I think that when you talk about some of the stuff that happened in this locker room, that, that's going to be – especially when you have stories still coming out. That might, that might poten- potentially be, still be an issue. Yeah, it could be. To the season. Let's go to uh, – oh, we got Cowboy Jim here. What does he got to uh, say yeah, for himself? Yeah, right. I've talked to him a little bit. Cowboy Jim, what's up? Wow, I, I feel sorry, guys, um, for you guys, for all of you. Um, the offense looks bad. What did you say about the defense? Unwatchable? It was. Um, it was. Uh, well, maybe maybe the Phillies will win a spring training game today. Maybe you'll feel better with, with that today. Hopefully. What have I done to deserve this? Don't you have your own issues to worry about? You've got to pay $60 million to a quarterback in his 30s. you you got you got your own stuff to worry about, Cowboy Jim. Joe, this is why you're my fourth favorite host. You tell it the way it is. So if the Eagles go 8-9, is that with Hassan Reddick or without Hassan Reddick? Which, which is it? Yeah, right now I think they're going 8-9 as if as today the roster is with or without him. So, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. they they got to get a lot more players here, Jim. They're not good enough right now. I know that. Uh, exactly. That's why I'm okay with Dak staying. I'm okay because they're going to win the East. They're gonna probably well, I don't know about that. We, we know but, it. No one wins the East in back-to-back years. Those are the rules, uh, Jim. And you I'm know with, that. Uh, hey. Stop, stop, Kyle, stop. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm retiring uh, Nikki Kotite as name. Uh, I'm moving it to Herb Sirianni. So who needs to be cut off, Herb or Sirianni? You want to play with me? <laughs> who would be a better head coach right now, Herb or Sirianni? Are you asking me? Yeah. Come on, man, stop it. Herb. That sounds like so? a Herb. <laughs> and you? Nah, I'm going to go with Coach Sirianni. Can you imagine you as, as a coach? Can you imagine you as a coach? He doesn't listen to his, his significant other. He doesn't listen to his coaches, so he's not going to listen to you guys if you're asking him questions. He's just going to not listen at all. No, I'm going to be Does defensive. Does she do anything for us? I'm going to be defensive. <laughs> what are we paying that guy for? <laughs> I mean, what are we paying for? <laughs> and who was that guy? Who was the guy that called in and said, oh, Jalen needs more time? He has the best offensive line. What does he need more time for? He still can't find a receiver, and he, and he can't read a defense. Well, I would Why? actually argue, and, and Jim, we appreciate it. I, I would argue Jalen needs less time. He needs to hold the ball for less time. Holding the ball for longer is not actually leading to anything good. He holds the ball too long. Probably be, need to be a little bit more decisive yeah. with his decision. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I, feel, I still feel like our quarterback can be better. I, 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 I oh, don't, he better not, be. Well, I, I mean, that goes without saying, but I'm saying that I feel like this year was a minor setback for him, but he's he's uh, poised for a major come up. I think that's what's going to happen this year. You ever see highlights pop up of him running either last year in 2022 or 2021? Oh yeah, that's part part of the decisiveness is like when he didn't see someone open, he would just run and it'd be seven or eight or nine or ten yards or more. Like I go back to that Packers game in 2022. It was Thanksgiving weekend, Sunday night football. He ran for 100 yards in the first quarter. This year, I mean, you could have ran for three games to get 100 yards. You know, he had the 180 or 70-something yard game against the Rams, but after that, he didn't run. He looked uh, a little banged up, a little banged up. So, you since uh, you and Cowboy Jim's back and forth there got me thinking, uh-huh. I'm going to throw a take at you here. Well, let's hear it. If the Eagles did nothing, just retained their entire roster from last season, but went into the season with Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore, 
They still win 11 games next season. So you think this team right now into the season is an 11-win team? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. They just won 11 games with worse coaches. I don't like <laughs> Now they're going to have better coaches. So, yes, I think the same roster with better coaching, I think 11 is is short. So, I, I understand your perspective. I think the schedule is going to be a little harder next year. Really? The divisions they're going to play. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little Nine road games versus nine home games I don't think it year. could get harder than it was this year. They played seven teams that finished with the bottom ten record. Dude, that stretch seven. that we— Hold on. We had to go. We did— what was this, the gauntlet we talked about? You're, we're not going to find a tougher uh, gauntlet than that. So Dolphins, Seattle, it, Chiefs on the road. I agree. The, Dallas, Niners, Seattle. It's yeah, not yeah. happening. The Eagles had, I would say, a uh, a schedule that had two extremes to it. They played seven teams that finished with bottom ten records. Bad teams. And then they did play, like you're saying, six or seven, yeah. whatever the number was, uh, a gauntlet. Next year feels to me, just, and we don't know yet. we got to see it. But right. I feel like they're going to play more teams that are all about even for the whole season. Well, so maybe without knowing what other teams are going to, you know, step up or, or fall back, but I think what also made last year's schedule harder was how it was condensed, how it was laid out, the travel totally. stuff. Like I don't think they're ever going to get one that's that hard again. You may be right. Um you may be right on that. I I look at it like this. They're going to play the Bengals next year. They're going to play the Ravens next year. I mean those those are probably going to be two top teams. They're going to play the Browns next year, which has a great defense. They play the whole Pretty AFC North. The AFC yeah. North, they all finish 500 or better. Yeah, they thought, they, got, they got their thigh out in the North. They get the Rams, Packers, and Jags, all playoff teams from this past year. I, th- I think the schedule's challenging for next season. All right, 215-592-9494. Let's hit a quick uh, midweek, mid-show, non-sports take here, Kyle, before we go back to the phone lines. So I started watching some comedy specials on uh, and like old older ones, Hugh, older comedic comedians. What you got? Well, I was watching a I watched an old Richard Pryor one. I was about I, to say Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't watched one of those recently. I watched a Chris Rock, one of his newer ones he did, yeah. and then I watched a Martin Short, Steve Martin, a do like a duo thing. Yeah. So and I thought about it. Old comedians are so much funnier than new, younger comedians. And I guess the reason is probably just because the new ones are just afraid of making jokes because you don't want to get canceled. You have to, like, dance around everything. Yeah. And I was, and I was watching... Different time. I different, get that. And as I watched some of the old stuff, and I used to watch a lot of George Carlin, the, the thing is... They George were, Carlin was a genius. They were saying things that you couldn't say now, right? It was yes. different time. But the whole audience was into it. Like, everyone just appreciated comedy. I... Like, new comedy is just not any good. Well, sometimes, like, it was a comedian uh, a couple weeks ago. He got in trouble for some stuff that he was saying. On was Saturday. he on SNL uh, this past weekend, that guy? No, that that guy. Shane Gillis. It's from Gillis. here. He's an Eagles fan. Yeah, but was big, he the one time. that got in trouble? Or well, I know. he had some. Well, this weekend he did. He oh, he, he got off. in trouble? Oh, See, I, I didn't know that. I didn't watch this weekend, but I, I, didn't, right. I didn't watch it. I know a lot of, lot of Eagles fans were excited because he was on. I didn't know he got into some trouble for some things that he said. I didn't know that. I just think everything, the society, it's just comedy doesn't work anymore. Super sensitive. You can't really be a good comedian anymore. Oh, the old ones are so much funnier. Yeah. I mean, it was like some like Eddie Murphy Raw, still a banger. <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle, some I of the stuff Dave that Chappelle, Dave Chappelle man. stuff he does now, he, he just does it to trigger people. I, like, because he goes in. He, he still he goes does. in. I'm a believer that everything tends to get better, whether it be music or technology, but like com- comedy feels like one thing that cannot get better can only go worse yeah because if you 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 tell the wrong joke to the wrong group 
then yeah, you probably be looking for a job somewhere. You, and if you, you'd be done. You're towing that line, then you're not really doing the com. Like you're not really doing it because isn't comedy is like a reflection on real life, and you can't do it. It's not the work. Yeah, I, I feel like if you are going to either turn on a comedy special or go into a comedy show, buy a ticket, you kind of have to drop the whole like this will offend or like you know just like be be ready to. To, to, to get be to, offended, yeah, like and and, and deal with it and laugh about it and and that's it. But most people aren't like that nowadays. Yeah, most people like it. it the the thing that I find funny about most individuals is like they'll attack, but then when you when you retort or you attack back, then they get offended. Yeah, and and to me that's like the absolute weirdest thing on the planet because you know if you you get mess with the bull, you get the horns. That used to be the the old saying. So yeah, it's one of those things, man. If you if you go to the comedy show. You're going with the the uh, the thought process that you're going to laugh, and it might be some things that might be a little blue. Like they curse and they say certain things that, that might be, you know, off topic or might be on topic and a little sensitive, but you're there to laugh. And I, I think the old school comedians, you know, yes, there may have been a joke or two that obviously you couldn't do now, but I, I always thought they, like, spread it out. So everyone in the crowd kind of feels one that hits them. But you just let it roll off your back. I just, as I watch some of the old ones, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of the specials, I'm like, man, these guys are so much better than what we've got now. It's not even close. Let's go to the phone lines here. We've got T in college. What's up, T? Yeah, times are changing. They are very sensitive, man. Somebody like you can't even watch a man eat a cookie, you know? That's not being sensitive. That's me being, that was more creepy than anything. I know, I'm only playing, man. <laughs> that was more me being creepy than anything. <laughs> it's just an opportunity for me to bring it up. I was like, yo, man, how am I going to give you flowers to go tell this story right after I call, man? I was like, come on, you. It was, it was one of my favorite Hughes stories in a while. Just asking yeah, someone, little, can I watch you eat creepy. a cookie? That was a little creepy, dog. Oh, it was, man. It was creepy. It was, <laughs> it was creepy. It wasn't right. Yeah, today, we'll leave it How y'all doing today? Good, how you doing team? today, man? What are you thinking? I'm good. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to process today on the Eagles and everything. And I, I'm going to go a little bit all over the place. But I, I just, yeah, you guys said so many things. I just want to touch on. Like, shoot, that Eric the enemy thing. I think um, you know when you when you go into a losing program, um, it is really hard to put your foot stamp on that and and really change the overhaul in one season. Let alone he's only the offensive coordinator. So you know, Riverboat Ron's not going to allow him to really imprint, you know, his premise of how to become winners. And I think the narrative that Eric the enemy was maybe not even the mastermind that some might have think he was because it was Andy Reid mm. uh, definitely plays an effect why, like, you know, the offensive uh, personnel didn't really, you know, adhere to Eric the enemy's changes or gotcha. process. Okay. That, that's my, my input on that. Um, and the comedian aspect that you're talking about, I agree. Um, I think a lot of it, too, when I talk, I go to a lot of comedy shows, but when I talk to these comedians um, or listen to their stories or whatever it may be, I think the idea that two-parent households are coming back more and more, so they don't have, like, hardened stories to talk about, they don't have hardened times, and and you can't even talk about all topics on a, on a taboo basis, I think it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand why they don't, they're not as raunchy as they used to be. But I will say, Joe, maybe you're not invested it there are a lot of still raunchy comedians out there yeah maybe i have to just dive into more of them it just struck me watching some of the older ones i'm like what i've seen of the newer ones they're just not quite as i don't know it's like the next generation is not quite as good but maybe i got i gotta watch more what do you think t youth movement or go after free agents i think you gotta have a mix i think i think you know 
Jeffrey Lurie and, and, and Howie Roseman, they realize that, you know, they, they have almost 30 years together in the Eagles organization. And, you know, when you look back on 30 years, the NFL is not easy to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, Jeffrey's only been to three Super Bowls. And in that tenure, you know, he's had Sirianni, Peterson, and Andy Reid. And, 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 and you look at those rosters, uh, it's just a mix. It's not young. It's not old. It's a combination of both. I think the same goes for here because the salary cap only, you know, grants you so much. And the draft process, you know, some players just take longer to come along like Nolan Smith or Nicole Dean. It just, it just happens that way. You know, just because you, you draft a player in the first round or the seventh round, it's not always their story. It's not always what they're going to be. Well, that's right. And, and you need to – you're right. And sometimes it takes a few years to know it. You, and here's the thing. you got to know what you have. And that's a big part of it. And, T, we appreciate it. If the Eagles are convicted and they know a guy could play, well – then they got to give him a shot. 215-592-9494. For back to the phones, and it's a Wednesday. It's a what-if Wednesday. We'll go through the scenarios on one what-if. Plus, it's a special anniversary today that have, might, might have something to do with all this. 215-592-9494 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're a caregiver in the Philadelphia Lehigh Valley areas looking after a loved one, reach out to my friends at Ameribest today. When you call 1-800-HOME-CARE, a live onboarding specialist will assist you in the hiring process. AmeriBest offers daily pay, performance bonuses, reward programs, and more to support their caregivers. Let AmeriBest take care of you so you can focus on what matters most, caring for your loved one. Call AmeriBest today at 1-800-HOME-CARE or visit AmeriBestHomeCare.com slash radio. Two balls, two strikes to Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes! And it is gone. Yes! Yes! It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. Are you kidding me? His 10th career home run in the postseason. And he may never hit a bigger one. Oh, what a moment it was. Bryce Harper a few years ago. Bedlam at the bank to send the Phillies to the World Series. But it is a what-if Wednesday. And today's a special anniversary we'll get to in a second. But, Hugh, what if Wednesday, on the five-year anniversary of Bryce Harper signing with the Phillies, that offseason was not just about Bryce Harper, Hugh. It was about Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, right? The, the Phillies, they, so they, I heard. they were going to spend stupid money, and they had to get one of them. Well, they did. They got Bryce Harper. They got the right one. Bryce was the one I wanted the entire time. But, Hugh, there's an alternative universe where they signed Manny Machado. What do we think? What if the Phillies had signed Machado instead of Harper? So... There's a couple, a lot of thoughts I have that come to mind with this. Number one, Machado's not much worse. In fact, you you can make a case he's a better player because he plays defense. defense. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say defensively, you probably would have been a lot better, and that probably wouldn't have been a big deal by getting Schwarber off the off the uh, off the field out 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 of the outfield by having him here. But I will say this: the thing that I think of when I think of Bryce Harper is how he's endeared himself to the city, and how everybody loves him in this city. And the resurgence of the Fanatic. Now, I know a lot of people, oh, what do you mean? The Fanatic's been a staple forever. I don't know, dog. It was a couple years where the Fanatic, you know, he wasn't hitting like he's hitting now. He's a fraud. With with Bryce Harper wearing all the Fanatic stuff and things of that nature. So, I don't know. It might be a little different history for the Fanatic if Bryce Harper wasn't here. We did have a fraud Fanatic for a few years. We did. Yeah, that was a whole thing. That was a big thing. So, here's my thing. I I don't know if there's ever been a play – a more obvious decision a team had to make. Bryce Harper just made so much sense. Not that Machado was a bad player. He's a great player. They're both going to the Hall of Fame together. 
And I think you might be surprised. I, I looked this up a little while ago. You know, since they signed, so it's five years ago, right? They both signed the same month. They yeah. both started playing for the, these teams in the same year. Machado has more home runs. He has more hits. Machado has scored more runs. Machado has made more all-star games. Machado has had more years where he got MVP votes. Yet, no, I don't think I could find one person that says the Phillies made the wrong choice. They made the right choice. And I think the biggest thing is the postseason. Because they've both been good in the regular season. They both, I think they lived up to their contracts so far. Bryce has hit 324 in the playoffs with 11 home runs as a Philly. Machado, 230 with six home runs. I mean, that, that to me is the biggest difference. And they play each other in that postseason, right, in 2022. Mm-hmm. And Machado was fine in that series. Harper was amazing. Yeah, and Harper the Bedlam at the Bank. A, gave a moment. Gave that moment. It's a big moment. I think the Phillies would have ended up fine with Machado. They ended up one of baseball's best teams with Bryce Harper. I, I just I, I think there was an obvious choice. They made the obvious choice. And five years ago today, it happened. Here was the reaction. I remember I was getting in the car, leaving home to come in here. This ha- I, I believe this happened somewhere around 3 o'clock that, that afternoon. The news broke five years ago today. The Phillies had signed Bryce Harper. Here's how it sounded on the old afternoon show, the old, old afternoon show, where Ben Livingston was producing Marks and Reese. Do I think the Phillies in Philadelphia is, is the top of his list? No, I don't think there's anybody that thinks that. Do I think that, that maybe he has some reservations about playing here for the next 10 years, or his wife does? Oh! yet? No. John Heyman, Bryce Harper to the Phillies! No way! Officials blue check mark at everything. Bryce Harper is going to the Phillies. Stop everything you are doing. <laughs> Bring on the music. Hold on, we gotta make sure we verify first. Make it's sure verified. we verify. It's verified. It's verify him. everything, Ben, before it's we him. turn on the music. Bryce ben. to the Phillies. You said sort of breaking news. Music. Yeah, what the hell is sort of breaking news? I wasn't, you know, I mean, I wasn't here, so I, you know, I might be hating a little bit. It's a huge day. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was unbelievable. I mean, it's all we talked about for months. Like, every day we talked about the pursuit of Bryce Harper. Every single day. And you felt the emotion there with those guys. And I, you could even hear people in the background, not on the air, clapping. The whole place was going crazy, as if something like, we won something. Which, we, I mean, I guess in, it, at the end, we did. Who was in the building? Was it Fritz? Was Fritz there? Yeah, the there's a video of Fritz like, clapping. It might, it might have been his there clapping in yeah. the background there. Five years ago today, the Bryce Harper signing. So uh, a few things that hit me from the, the what if. Obviously, the, the Bellum of the Bank probably don't get that moment. Yep. But do we even get the NLCS, Phillies, Padres, but Bryce wearing the Padres uniform? Machado in the Phillies uniform. They could have swapped spots. Yeah. Absolutely could have swapped mm. spots. The other thing that hit me is if Machado's here, we probably don't get the the growth of Alec Bohm. Right? Sure, he's probably traded. He's the third baseman. Or he becomes a first he's the third base. baseman. Yeah, I think he's probably traded. Right. So if Machado's here, we don't have Alec Bohm. We don't get the I bleep and hate this place. Mm. Or if we do, we get it from Machado, and it probably doesn't hit the same. Like we all just hate him for that. As opposed to like Alec Bohm was kind of allowed to say it because he was homegrown. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, pass. I yeah. also think certain players' personnel is meshed with certain cities. Bryce Absolutely. is meshed here. Yes. 
Machado I don't, might not have grabbed Machado that. Machado does not. Machado f- is San Diego. Yes. Like, he fits that. And, it, it, look, they're both great players. Like, I think I, I, statistically it wouldn't have been that different. He, he's got better numbers in a lot of categories. It just <laughs> it wouldn't have been the same. You can hang with the that's what's in guys. <laughs> yeah, he fits those guys. It, it, it was. It ended up working out, I think, for everybody. Everyone got the player that where they belonged to go. But you're right. It could have been Bedlam at the bank the other way. They could have played each other. That... That's that strikes too. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Also, we may have done this opt out thing or this contract thing earlier because Machado got an opt out yes. and he leveraged it last year to a new ten year deal. So, uh, I guess that's where Bryce is getting this inspiration now to maybe. Yeah, do he's trying thing. to get that bread. He's gonna get that. Bread. Yeah, that quieted down. You notice that the last uh, week or so, the Bryce Harper contract thing. I haven't heard. That doesn't mean it's going away. No, but it's not as public. No, nah, with him talking about I, it. I think I think the biggest thing you gotta do is get wheels done. Then you you get back to it. I also think it's wise for Bryce to stop talking about it. By the yeah, way, that, he's that too. he's in the lineup today for the first time this yes, spring. Yes, he is. One o'clock. One o'clock. Phil's spring training game. Bryce in the lineup. I believe Bryce and JT in the lineup for the first time. And uh, guess who's leading off? Uh, is it the correct leadoff hitter? The correct leadoff hitter is leading off. You got that right, Kyle Schwarber. There were a couple games where Trey Turner was sitting leadoff, and people started to wonder, hey. Yeah, that, that's that's a no. Leave Schwarber alone as the leadoff. All right, right back to the phones here. 215-592-9494. Ray is up on WIP. Hey, Ray. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up, Ray? What's up, I'm a little disgruntled here. I got, as far as the Eagles, I think we should go young. Because I'm 75 years old. I remember when we gave young boys a chance. And maybe the first year it didn't work out too well, but they casually grew into knowing what they had to do to defend and be make Philadelphia fans happy with them. So I think we should go young, use their strength, because mistakes that they may make, I think they got the speed to make up for that mistake. So, Ray, the they may. Are, are you comfortable, though, with the mistakes? Because they make a lot of mistakes. We, we might not be a Super Bowl team next year. Well, we got to take that chance. We have to see. We have to see. You got you know, you, you have to make that – you have to give them a chance. And maybe they won't make that many mistakes. But the fact of the matter is, if they do make a mistake, trust me, they might have the speed or the strength to make up for that mistake. Yeah, no, but they could. Easy. They could. Yeah. I mean, the, the game is about speed today, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It, athleticism, Especially speed. At the, at the corner speed. Yeah, the for sure. Yeah. yeah, corner speed. So, okay, so you might break wrong, wrong one way, but you have the speed to make that up. And that's all I'm saying. Give them a chance. Give him a chance. Ray, what do you think? What, what do you want to? You want to vent about the Sixers here? Ah, uh, man, look, don't even. Anyway, Tobias Harris looked like an old man running up and down that court. He looked like he was about eighty years old trying to keep up with them young boys. And he, as long as we have the general managers that we got now picking the players that they got, he'll need he need to eat a sandwich before he can make a three. He's never made a three off the dribble. So I thought if they would have got Drummond to help rebound and Bajanovic, who's a more consistent three-point shooter than me, I think we wouldn't be losing the games we're losing now without Embiid. You might be right. I mean, Ray, Daryl Morey's track record at the trade deadline since he became the Sixers GM, not great. It's not. And Terrible. Yeah, and Terrible. I, I understand they're without Embiid right now. I get it, right? And, Ray, we appreciate the call. So I'm, I, I'm still kind of excited to see what, what uh, Buddy Heald and Embiid look like, though. That, yeah. that might be a nice little combo right there. I'm confused, though. I, I get that. But I, I keep seeing this. Everyone's excited for what this could be. They lose every game. Why yeah. are we excited? Because it's it's like we know we're a much better squad with the big man out there. And, and you could see, you know, him with him out there on the floor. 
there's going to be more opportunities for the for the, for the guys on the perimeter to make yeah. some plays oh, and there stuff are. like that. Yeah, yeah, and and Heald's fine, and I I didn't mind that that trade because he does help, and he has had some big games he got here so far. It's just it's a lot of damn guards, though. It's a lot of guards. It's a lot of guards. Come on, we're, and we got Tobias Harris as one of your forwards, and he stinks. Yeah, yeah. I just think this, <laughs> the Sixers are in a tough spot right now because they have a a they have a long runway. It's probably another month at least that we see them beat, and I don't know how they stay out of the play-in. I mean, they're a half game up on the play-in, and you watch some of these games against these good teams. It's not even close. I mean, they're not losing by like five. They're no, losing they by it, twenty. Yeah. They're they're making a show of it. Like last night, they tried to make a show of it, but yeah, that was just too much. Man. All right, let me throw this at you because uh, our last caller, he he likes your plan. He wants to play the young guys here. Yes. See, my concern isn't so much that they're young. My concern is that they don't have pedigree. What I mean by that is, all right, so Jordan Davis, first round pick, okay, pedigree. that's pedigree. Jalen Carter, first round pick, top ten pick, pedigree. I'll even say Nolan Smith because he was also a first round pick. Some of these other guys that we might hand starting jobs to if we don't spend in free agency, N'Kobe Dean, third-round pick. Uh, Keely Ringo, fourth-round pick. Eli Ricks, undrafted. Reed Blankenship, I believe, was undrafted as well. Um, these guys are not like, – it wasn't like they were high picks. We were like, all right, they're supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could get it. If you tell me, give Nolan Smith a chance. He's a first-round pick. He went to Georgia. He's going to be a star. Joe, have patience. He, I, could buy, I could buy that. I don't know if the other guys could play. I mean, third, fourth, undrafted players, that's like a coin flip. Yeah, but it's a lot of guys that weren't drafted high that are are really good players in the NFL. And I think that – I understand where you're coming from because you want guys, you want bona fide guys. But there are also a lot of guys that play in the NFL that were drafted in the second, third round, fourth round picks. There's a guy that, that – a potential Hall of Famer that, that played around the time that I played, James Harrison. Sure. He's a he was, was a amazing. beast. Got cut several times. So I before he got a, he got an opportunity to do what he did. I agree with you. But what are the odds? Like, like if you're asking me to play the odds, one of these guys or two of these guys turn into starters in the NFL. The rest probably are out of the league in, in four or five I think, years. I think, but but you also have to marry the scheme to the kid's skill set. And, and, and what I like about the young guys, Ricks and and Ringo, was the fact that they they were willing to play press coverage. They were willing to tackle in the run game. And to me, that is something that we sorely missed when we were playing last year. You had guys playing off 10 to 12 yards off receivers. And when they came up to make tackles, they were disinterested in tackling. That's not going to work. You know what I mean? And, and, and that puts your defense in a bind. Like the one thing that, that I had a flashback about when I watched in the playoffs teams play was how – the corners were were a big part of the run game. Even if they didn't make the play, they kept the receiver in the box and allowed for the pursuit angles and other guys to make the play. Mm-hmm. They, it wasn't a whole lot of yards after the catch. When they caught the football, they were tackled immediately. Like, that to me is the biggest difference. How many times, Joe, and I'm not just picking on the corners, but that's a part of this game that I feel like needs to be upgraded immediately. Well, they couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't stop yeah. the pass. But how about how many times did we see when they caught the damn ball? Hell, they caught it ten yards out because they got their ten yards off. Then they ran for ten more yards. Well, oh, the 49ers game was the Come whole on, thing, man. And it's like you can't you can't be successful. And everybody complained about the pass rush and how the pass rush wasn't there. Hell, I can't pass rush if the corner's not playing pressed or 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 not at least contesting the pass. I mean, that, that's football one-on-one. 
and they're not doing and it. And they didn't do it. I, I look, I understand that. And you, you look, half these guys might become good players. I'm just saying the odds on third, fourth, undrafted free agents. You know, it's hard for them to become good players. Are Herb in the Northeast? He's uh, apparently with Ron Jaworski. What's up, Herb? What's happening, my man? Are you with Jaws? I'm on my way. Yeah, boy. What's happening there, Joe? Herb, you know, we're just trying to figure this thing. So you're going to hang out with Jaws? Right now I'm uh, watching about 100 Fargo going down to uh, 76. I'm watching these trains. Are you going to go play golf with Jaws, or what are you doing with Jaws? Nah, I'm heading down to Jersey to see him. Okay. Uh, Listen, okay, Mm -hmm. when we go free agency, okay, uh, we're going to have to pick the best players. In the in the, the positions that we have a need on the defense, you understand that we need that we're going to pick six guys, seven guys. Like I said, we need linebackers, we need a safety, we need a couple cornerbacks. So you're ready to spend, Herb? Is what I'm hearing. You want to spend that money? We got to spend a good part of that money, okay? And and then we go to the offense and more defense in the draft, okay? Mm-hmm. When we get to the draft, whatever it is, unless the Howie is going to try to either trade down or trade up and get another pick in the second round, you never know. You might wind up with three picks in the second round. You could. Right? You could, Well, he's got two already. Yeah, he could. I could tell you things that would blow your mind, but I can't put it on the air. Because people like O.G. Wade and other people like like uh, Chuck Lamanary, and then you got a lot of these other guys that don't understand about we want to deal with, okay, to get that number one pick. So, you know. Uh, one. We want to trade up to number one? What do you think, man? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, huh? if, I mean it takes a lot to get from 22 to one here, right? That's a lot. It's a big cost. Yeah, well, you know what, dude? I'm going to tell you something. You know that back of the quarterback we got? He, he's Just so you know, that dude is five inches bigger than Jalen Hurts. McKee, Tanner McKee, so, or Mariota? Yeah, we're going to keep him on his We're going to keep him on his squad. Yeah, he could be a third string. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Let him, let him learn some more stuff that he learned. He got a good arm. He comes from a good school, Stanford. He's Smart. He ain't done. He ain't no dummy. The trees. And uh, anyway, that a cardinal? This, a cardinal. Stanford cardinal. Tree. Cardinal tree. Yeah. But it's a tree. I told you. Yeah. I told you yeah. about the running back. I told you about the fullback slash tight end. Okay. And then we got. How much you think it costs to go to We need to know. Lot, yeah. <laughs> we need to know how long Lane Johnson can play. Is this going to be last year? No, way more. Or, or we got a couple. Yeah, they got to get that answer from from Lane. Now they need to know because otherwise, in Herb, good phone call. They might have taken offensive lineman in the first round. You got to get that answer from Lane for what? What they getting? What the, they getting the, how much longer he's going to play? You got to start preparing for him to be out of here. Lane? Too. Yeah, Lane. He's not young. He was drafted in twenty thirteen. We got to figure out. We now we try to push Lane out. No, not pushing him out. Just asking him, what's your plan here, man? I need to know the plan. Huh. So you say about a hundred thousand a semester at, at Stanford? Well, I, I just I, I think it's pretty expensive. What's I mean, your I guess. guess. I, I don't Are you know. trying to enroll? No, I'm just saying I got, you, uh, I got stuck. It I was, was right, but was wrong. I, I thought it was higher than fifty thousand. It is, but it's not quite what you th- you said. One hundred fifty-eight thousand per semester. Wow, it's That's yeah, a lot of money. No, per school year. All right, so 
That does oh, a lot that's of money. a semester. How many semesters? Like no, every, school year. 58 for the whole year. For the whole year? That's not bad. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Are you thinking about uh, going back to school? Hells no. No. I mean, that'd be a great bit if you go to Stanford. No. You go to Stanford to do what? Just learn. Look, look creepy? No, learn. <laughs> that's what I'll be doing. Expand your mind. You'll come in here with all these new thoughts. No, but I, I did hear like those schools like that, that they have like, you know, they have different classes where you can like, you know, expand your mind if you want to. What and, does that mean? Looking, well, like I remember Brandon, Brandon Whiting went to Cal. Okay, yeah, that's a good school. And he was telling me about how, like, you know, if you could make up your own classes and if you had enough people to, to go, you could, you know, have your own classes or whatever. Like make up, make up your own, like, you know, curriculum or some stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. So you want to make up your own classes? <laughs> yeah. The art of playing video games or the art of making up words, nonsensical words or something like that. You get that. a 4.0 in that yeah, one. Yeah, I would, I would kill that. By the way, how about Herb just casually throwing in there, trading up for the number one overall pick? How about Herb telling us one thing and then he thought they, thought he said he was with y'all? Well, that's what he told Kyle. He was he with y'all. Yeah, he told him he was with y'all. That was a uh, – he snaked me. Well, we that's what you call a pump fake. <laughs> we found a way around uh, Kyle back there. Just tell him you're with someone famous. You get right up to the top of the screen. <laughs> well, like I, no, at, at least for Herb. Like yeah, if Herb no, is with it. somebody famous, that's you know. How, how Herb know he's five inches bigger though? I mean, how did he know that? Well, he's going to hang out with Jaws. He knows he watches film with Jaws. Oh, Herb evaluates. Don't you think they're watching film together? <laughs> By the way, I have a new idea. I have a new idea for the Eagles offseason. Herb got my mind moving there. Got the wheels spinning, all right? Got? What do you got? <laughs> Ready for this? <laughs> what do you got? All right, I, I, want, first. I want to spend all the money on defense, all right? I'm spending all the cap room on defense. I'm, I've been saying that forever. No, the cap okay. space. On oh, the, okay. Oh, no, and you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm trading up in the first round. <laughs> not one, not to one. I want to go get Brock Bowers. Anyone objected to this? Yeah, in the first, yeah, I'm, I'm objecting. I, I, don't, uh, I don't have get Brock, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers with uh, Dallas. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting a backup Devontae. tight end in the first round. Yeah, he's not a backup. Back Are you kidding me? The yeah. backup would be the guy that's here. First of all, Brock yeah. Bowers is a rookie. He's going to have to earn the starting job, especially when we have Dallas Goddard, not a rookie, earned the starting job. I don't know, dude. Hold on a second. Hugh, don't you, you, don't you know how this stuff works? You think I some rookie's coming in just getting handed the, the starting job over Dallas Goddard? Bro, 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 bro. He's, he's different. Yeah, this is your Georgia bias, dude. Here see, we go I, again. See, I you, knew I'd get Hugh Here we go, no, man. No, Trade up for Brock. What? What? What was a big part of most of the teams that were in the playoff success? I've lost you, dude. <laughs> it was no, the tight, Travis it was Kelsey tight end. and Sam Laporta Now tight ends are the George reason people Kittle. win the Super Bowl. No, Laporta no, had 10 touchdowns as a rookie. No, what I'm saying, like, Kyle, what I I'm saying care. is this. Like, the one thing, like, I think we have one in Dallas Goddard. He didn't get the ball that much. He's almost, but if, 30, he's almost 30 years old, everybody. But, boy, like, Brock, like I, like, I had the luxury, probably not so much last year, but three years. Like, he came in as a freshman balling. All right, the plan is set. Spend all the money on defense. I'm trading up for freaking Marvin Harrison Jr. before Brock Bowers. Well, but wait, you got to get to three for Harrison Jr. I, Bowers could, you I could would get rather do. I would rather 17. do that. I'd rather give up the capital, go get Marvin Harrison Jr. than get a second wait tight a second. end. How many receivers are they going to have that one day will command thirty million a year? Joe, wide receivers much more important, they much have more valuable, two. right? But they have to pay one. So what are we going to do? Eventually get rid of one of these guys? Oh, man. wow. You now have contingency we're plans the here. skids here for someone's Are well, you trying right. to get rid of Skinny Batman? Uh, no. No, he, and we know he's getting rid of the other guy. 215-592-9494. Coming up, final That's hour, a trouble. new Joe Conklin special. will officially establish the five core values of the Midday Show. We've worked on these for a long time. Yeah, we'll write them down. And Elliot Shore Parks reacts to the yesterday's presser and the Eagles report card that came out today. We'll get to Elliot all your phone calls. 215-592-9494.
Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP.